Before I had you gurus as a business, uh, I ran a digital agency called Hot Press Web here in Denver, and we built websites and did digital marketing for a lot of small businesses and, and nonprofits. And at the time, Emily was? I was the marketing manager for Colorado Ballet, and we needed a new website. So our company responded to a request for proposal, went through that whole process of, you know, figuring out what they needed, presenting, you know, presenting a solution, all that kind of stuff. There's a few different companies that, that were competing for the business. And I don't know, I guess we, we got it. I think we were, we were pretty young at the time. I think we might've been a less expensive option than the other companies. So we, we started working together and I guess it was right around when we were going to launch the website. You know, my, my business partner and I, we were like, we were like, oh, we should totally like, you know, there was, I don't know. I mean, you guys had a couple cute girls. A couple cute girls. <laughs> we should like do a, a launch party no, 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 for no, no, them. No. You said we always do a champagne <laughs> yes. party on the launch. And we were like, that sounds great. Yeah. So we always do a, we always do a, a champagne toast for our launch parties. So we they were like, oh, this is great. Right. So, so we ended up scheduling, you know, something at a happy hour. Our team, you know, the ballet team kind of came out. I think, I think the tab ended up being a, a, a decent portion of what the entire contract was worth. I, I don't think it would have been good practice for us to do that for every client, but, but we had a, we had a good time. And I guess it was at a some really point, good return on your investment. Clearly, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably the best decision I ever made. Join us in Mixing Business with Pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer we build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. So we have here with us today on Mixing Business with Pleasure, Brent Weaver and his wife, Emily Pramick. Did I say that right, by the way? I probably should have asked that first. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Got it Good right job. on the first try. They have an interesting, interesting story about how they got together and how they work together. And Brent owns a business where he helps other agency owners like us, like Gabby and I, do things better and bigger. The company is called You Gurus. Emily also has a jewelry business, which we'll talk about. We're happy to have you guys on. Welcome, and let's jump in. Great to be here, Mike, and uh, thanks for having us, Gabby. Thanks, guys. All right, so we start, we have a few questions, like Mike said, that we like to start off with. Since work and love are both four-letter words, we'd like to ask you guys what your favorite four-letter word 
or words are. Favorite four letter word. Oh, I, I, <laughs> ride. I'm very into horses. It's my escape. It's a lot of my past and hopefully a lot of my future. So ride will be my favorite. Mm, I guess I'd have to say bike. That would be my favorite. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I don't know. Yeah, work, work is a good four letter word. I was almost going to, my, my gut was like, damn she asked me a hard question right away (laughs) (laughs) what i love it you guys just you guys both gave us something to dive into yeah with with your four letter words so and it's interesting that you both chose words that represent what i assume to be your hobbies and kind of your escape right so emily you are into horseback riding and 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 brent biking is yeah Yep. So is that kind of, do you guys ever do that together or is that something that you completely do strictly separately? Like that's your, your individual me time. You know, we're very supportive of each other in our hobbies and we're very obsessed with our hobbies. So we kind of need to be around each other from time to time to do it. He's come with me to ride before and videoed me, for example. And it's a lot easier to just jump right out front and hop on a bike than it is to jump on a horse right where we live. So I'll go and video him or hang out with him or whatever while he's on his bike. So lots of overlap, yeah. Nice, well, I like that. I like that you guys chose words that represent your escape, that represent you individually. Because I think that sometimes, I know for me and Mike, we sometimes get so caught up in our work and working together and being together and parenting and we work from home so we're always at home that sometimes we miss that escape we miss not having that alone time that me time for me that was going to the gym now of course with quarantine i'm not going to the gym so <laughs> I, i'm missing that me time but that's great that you guys that you guys have that and your your hobbies are ones that can be done out in nature so it's beautiful you're probably not restricted by everything that's going on right now so that's fantastic you guys are like, like the, the typical colorado natives you're always outside <laughs> Very much. I think that was one of the challenge, challenges of the stay-at-home orders and quarantine is we do have two small kiddos, three and our older is almost six, and that kind of put them at home. And that was usually, you know, them being at school was when Emily would go and ride. And, uh, and you know, for me, like I can bike out front, you know, I can bike with my sons, right? Whereas when she was watching the kids while I was working, you know, I think that was one of the things that we did have to compromise on or sacrifice you know and and you've just now gotten back to to writing which has been which has been big but that was definitely kind of a challenge was having to give up that thing that maybe balances out from the kids and the work yeah yeah that's yeah i I hear that i don't have anything to add because we are in that same boat i think as as a lot of people are um, but it's good that you guys are, that you recognize that that is your escape and that is like your thing to do and now you're able to do that. All right, so next question that we like to ask is what came first, business or love? And I think this is going to be a yeah. good one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, you know, but it was, it was definitely, uh, I guess it was, it was business. So, uh, you know, the, the high level story, I, before I had you gurus as a business, I ran a digital agency called Hot Press Web here in Denver, and we built websites and did digital marketing for a lot of small businesses and, and nonprofits. And at the time, Emily was? I was the marketing manager for Colorado Ballet, and we needed a new website. So our company responded to a request for proposal. 
went through that whole process of, you know, figuring out what they needed, presenting, you know, presenting a solution, all that kind of stuff. There's a few different companies that, that were competing for the business. And I don't know, I guess we, we got it. I think we were, we were pretty young at the time. I think we might've been a less expensive option than the other companies. That was like what I- Are maybe, you sure maybe, it wasn't your maybe. charm, Brent? I mean, maybe that's what <laughs> maybe, sealed maybe, the deal. <laughs> maybe a little bit of everything, huh? <laughs> so- Emily was 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 his company was was that the one you voted for too or were you going with uh, one of the other? I was happy with everybody. It came down to our director really chose. Yeah, he did a great job. So yes, <laughs> fate was fate was intervening somehow, right? Yeah, it it definitely worked out. So we we started working together. And uh, I guess it was right around when we were going to launch the website. You know, my my business partner and I we were like. We were like, oh, we should totally like, you know, there was, I don't know. I mean, you guys had a couple cute girls. A couple cute girls. <laughs> like, we should like do a, a launch party no, 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 for no, no, them. No. You said we always do a champagne <laughs> yes. party on the launch. And we were like, that sounds great. Yeah. So we always do a, we always do a, a champagne toast for our launch parties. So we they were like, oh, this is great. Right. So very quick thinking. Up, <laughs> yes. Yes. Very, very quick. Right. So we ended up scheduling, you know, something at a happy hour, our team, you know, the ballet team kind of came out. I think, I think the tab ended up being a, a, a decent portion of what the entire contract was worth. I, I don't think it would have been good practice for us to do that for every client, but but we had a we had a good time, and I guess it was at a some really point, good return on your investment. Clearly, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. It, was, it was probably the best decision I ever made. So I think it's we kind of hit it off, and uh, you know, I guess at some point I said that I was attracted to her. No, you professed your undying love for me. You weren't attracted. Can <laughs> we go back to what was off limits? Um, anyway. Wait, right so, yes. during during the champagne toast. Wow, that's fast, Brent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, apparently, I guess the uh, the working relationship. How many glasses of champagne into it were you when you said yeah. that? <laughs> I think it probably would be a better measure was how many bottles of champagne were we into. Uh, but but the next day was fun working together over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Awkwardly. So it was, uh, we had a training the next day, I think at nine o'clock in the morning. And, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those realizations of, I think I said some things last night and uh, this could get awkward. So I was, uh, I can't remember. What did I say? Something like, I don't remember. I, I think I addressed the cat it. was out of the bag. At yeah. That point. I was like, well, you know, things got a little bit less professional than normal last night, but let's, let's move on to helping you guys learn how to use your email marketing system. And uh, so now how, yeah, so I how, think, how many weeks or months had you guys been working together before the champagne toast i mean it must have been three or four months four, maybe five months was it really that long maybe three months i mean it, it was a few months in and, and, and uh, emily was your direct contact is that correct one of one, one of, of. There okay. was, yeah okay. so there was like an executive director uh uh director or a like your, a general manager general manager PR like a person pr and, and then her yeah. And database. Yeah. And so there were a lot had, of people. Yeah. So there was there was a there was a handful of people at their at their organization. So and, and then it was like I don't know. I mean, like I you know, if you have a few drinks and you know, you say something and then you maybe don't really know like was it 
reciprocated? Was it, you know, and you just kind of like, I kind of woke up and I was like, man, I think I said some things that maybe I probably shouldn't have said. And, you know, we'll <laughs> see how this plays out. And so I kind of went into like total professional mode after that. I was like, obviously probably overstepped the boundary. You know, we'll just kind of, we'll just kind of keep, keep moving forward. And, and, uh, you know, I think you kind of, it was like that next day, maybe you sent me an email and you were like, Hey, I'm leaving or, you know, I'm, I'm taking the rest of the day to go off and run some errands. If you need anything, here's my mobile number. So it was like really <laughs> ambiguous and it was like kind of professional. It was like kind of like, cause we had just done this hint, training. Hint. It was kind of this hint, hint thing. And man, I must've pined over the, like, I must've like broken down and been like, what did, do you think she's, is, is she giving me permission to like give her a call on her phone? Because if I did, and it was personal, and it, she didn't intend that, that'd be super inappropriate. So I just like, I don't think I ever called her because I was just so like did you, wound did up. Did you text? Did you text her? This is back in 2000. People weren't really texting. I mean, there was a little much. bit. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't common. And it was it was happening. I mean, I guess you did text a little bit back then, but it wasn't quite. I think now where it's like that's kind of a. I think that's a go-to for people now in like relationships and dating that kind of starts in text, which I think at that time, 2009-ish, it was, it was not, it was not what it was today. But I mean, I, I, I don't think I ended up, I mean, I just, I kind of, I erred on the side of, she must just be telling me this number in case we needed to get a hold of her for anything related to marketing. Cause it was so, it was so like, it was written in a way where it wasn't saying anything, but it wasn't not saying anything. So well, I want to ask Emily, Emily, what were yeah. your intentions with that email? Oh, I don't remember writing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you plead the, are you pleading the fifth? Come on, girl. Let's get the journal. No, I really don't remember. I, really, I liked him. I liked him. I wasn't ready to profess my undying love quite yet. But oh, I thought he was super cute. As soon as he walked into Pitch Us, I remember looking at my friend and being like, did you see him? <laughs> <laughs> So then we, I, I was doing some kind of uh, fundraiser like a month or two later. It was weeks later. I was doing this fundraiser and I uh, had emailed out to our net, my network. It was for an organization called Lemonade Day. It was uh, helping young kids learn about entrepreneurship by doing a citywide lemonade stand day. So we would, you know, bring kids in. We'd create like a little business kit for them, help them create their business plan. And, uh, and we would distribute these kits and then the kids would go out and in one day, right? They'd do this one day that we would, you know, try to drum up support for people to support the lemonade stands and all this kind of stuff. So we were, the organization, it's, an, it's a national organization and they were wanting to launch it in Denver. So I, I decided to help them out. Yeah. So we I sent out an email asking some friends to, you know, kind of went through my list of, you know, Denver contacts of people that I thought could help out with this project and, you know, sent an email of like, hey, do you want to come help support? young entrepreneurs right to maybe i don't know i mean it was a good deal of people and saw emily's name and i was like yeah we'll see like maybe she'd come and support right like i kind of felt a little timid about it but ended up sending her an email to see if she was interested in youth entrepreneurship and i wasn't but i came anyway <laughs> <laughs> and i brought a girlfriend to get her approval and he and a friend ended up taking us out to dinner after lemonade day so yeah. Magic ever since. And after that, we started <laughs> dating. So yeah. it was. Uh... Yeah. So were you still working at the Colorado Ballet at that point? I was. When you guys got together? 
I was. Do you, do you have a background in ballet or was it just something that you were attracted to? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was a dream job for me. I, I danced there as a little kid up until I was you know, maybe a teenager and um, always kind of dreamed of going back there and working there in some capacity. So I'd been there for a few years and left, you know, a year or so after we had gotten together. Nice. Nice. All right. So I love the story. I, I, this, this one for the books. So you, now you guys are dating. So how soon after did you, now you're, you still have your digital marketing agency at that time, correct? Brent? Yep. So when did, so tell us, kind of walk us through marriage to you gurus to kind of where you guys are today. Well, the next step was I wanted to leave the ballet and Brent encouraged me to look into starting my own jewelry metalsmithing business. So while I was doing that, I started actually doing some contract work for him, some copywriting, some email marketing for various clients and stuff like that as I transitioned over to my business. Yeah. And so, so you guys are dating and now you're, tra- you're trying to build your own career path and you're working with your boyfriend. So tell us a little bit, how, how did that dynamic go? Like how, how did you guys manage to kind of keep it professional, but also acknowledge that this is a relationship and probably with the intention of this is serious, this is my, my future spouse, right? Like was that, how, how did you kind of navigate that, that water? Tell us also about like, how did that play within the company at that point too? I think a lot of it was, she she wanted to transition out of the ballet and she wanted to do her own business and pursue being an artist and wanted to go back to school for that. And I think it was like, okay, well then how does that, you know, work financially kind of thing, like get a part-time job or whatever. And at the time I was like, well, Hey, I got, you know, all these clients. I mean, a lot of them could use, you know, emails written, that kind of thing. So I think I just went and either we already had the retainers to do like regular ongoing marketing and we were doing it internally or I was doing it or somebody else was doing it. I was like, hey, you could just do this work for these accounts, right? And uh, and we could, you know, pay you as a contractor to do that. And so I think it was kind of more of a, you know, what what are other options besides going and getting a job while she was transitioning into her own art art career? And I, you know, I don't think... I mean, I think I kind of, you got assigned to the accounts, you worked directly with them. It was, there was no, there was no like questions on your team or like, oh, why is Emily coming to work here? There was just, it was very sort of out in the open work is work kind of thing, right? Yeah, I did have a a business partner at the agency. And so I think several times (laughs) when you've worked in in the capacity in the businesses, it was like, almost like maybe even kind of have her work more directly with Steve rather than like be kind of reporting to me. And that kind of helped, I think, create like a better structure in the business versus it being like, you know, I'm bringing in like, you know, people I have a relationship with and managing them and then, you know, making that weird with Emily. So I think that helped a lot was having another, another partner to kind of, to kind of do day to day, like management. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. I I remember that time being really fun because the accounts were mostly restaurants and we could go and (laughs) hang out and eat and talk about all the great food they had that, you know, I was doing research for to write emails. Um, Absolutely. You have to test it. Can't can't write emails without testing the food. I agree. (laughs) Right. Around that time too, I started working for, um, I was the office manager for a small nonprofit called Ethiopia Reads. 
that creates literacy programs in small libraries in Ethiopia. And Brent was the board president. So that was our third relationship in work. So I was his client and then I was his contractor and then I was his sort of employee sort at of that employee. point, sort of employee at that point. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know how like nonprofit like board structure works. I mean, I wasn't really her boss I mean, there's a lot of other people involved in the organization, but I mean, we were having to, I think one of the biggest challenges that came up, I mean, both at the time through the contracting work and through the nonprofit was like boundaries around when we Big talk time. about work and when we don't Big talk time. about work. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't really have that kind of filter or boundary. I'm like always kind of gears are turning. And oh, I really? really? That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if it was up to me, we would just kind of talk about the business all the time. Now that's changed a little bit, I think, with family and other, you know, like other kind of hobby pursuits. But like in my 20s, I think it was just in early 30s, like it was business all the time. And right. I think Emily was like, whoa, like right. for her work stopped at five or whatever, right? Right. I've always had pretty solid boundaries around work. Like I'll work hard and I'll definitely get my job done, but I need to remove my mind and my body from what I am doing on the day-to-day -day basis. And I didn't realize this until later on in our working relationship. But what I say now is we can talk as much as you want about what you have going on. But if we start talking about my work, I'm on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> that is work. Yeah. So, it's not chit chat. So do you, it's not do you have to do you have to get like time and a half kind of thing? Like you you must be uh, you know. <laughs> she does track her time. Somebody else on our team is the one that uh, reviews that and and uh, manages the payroll and stuff like that. But I think that was that was like a compromise that actually yeah. I think kind of worked really well. So she doesn't feel like I'm you know I'm kind of stepping into our personal life. It's like oh hey cool yeah I'm working so let's yeah let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And in my head you know I'll be like oh okay like do I really have things that I need to like assign to her or tell her right? And so if it is six o'clock seven o'clock at night you know and I'm saying hey you know on that podcast thing that we did you know we should do this 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 and she's like oh okay cool like yeah what else did you want me to have you do okay and then you know. 15 minutes will show up on the time on the timesheet. And you no, know. whereas I think back in the day, it was like unbilled hours. It was just like hours, hours, hours of extra hours time, of you know, and I think now <laughs> so, she'd so do there's that. a little bit of back pay that needs to be uh, retrofitted, right? Something like <gasps> <Yes>. that. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> oh, sorry, Brent. Did I get you in trouble? <laughs> well, you and know I what? Think that's, I think go that's ahead, the challenge ahead. too, is that you're, you're, I think working with a spouse. I mean, I think, you know, Emily's, you know, part of the team, but I think it starts to become a very like impromptu, like business partner relationship where you're kind of, you know, whether you're, you know, how much of this would, would I be soundboarding on somebody if they were just my spouse versus the fact that they're involved in the business? I think that changed the, the, the dynamic a little bit, right? Because he knows more about it. She can be more, you know, valuable in terms of that feedback. Uh, and it's probably not really like spousal soundboarding, but more of like, okay, now we're working. Right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to dive into a little bit. So for our listeners out there, I just want to clarify that Brent, you are the founder and, and owner and CEO of YouGurus. Now, Emily is an employee of YouGurus, right? She's, she didn't, she's not a co-founder. She's not a co-partner. She is your 
technically your employee. So that's interesting because that's a little bit different than some of our other guests that wear husband and wife or, or you know, the two, the, the two love partners were also business partners. So it's interesting. I really like the way that you guys have sort of put boundaries and put limits on your working relationship versus your your business relationship. But one thing that I wanted to ask maybe specifically to you, Emily, how much of the business talk is really just Brent sort of looking to you as a wife, you know, like husband to wife? Yes, it's it's work related, but is he looking to you as like, hey, I need you to do this because this is XYZ job, 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 work, work, work? Or is this more like, I need a sounding board, I need to talk to you? And how do you as as his wife but also his employee know when to make that distinction between my husband is just offloading and I need to listen to him because he needs support versus, okay, my employer is now talking to me about work and I need to take these notes down so that I can be productive the next day. How do you make that distinction? Um, where do you particularly, Emily, where do you draw the line? I would say we probably have 90% of what Brent talks about is as my spouse. We talk about things he's facing that are challenges, big decisions he needs to make, future of the company that's going to affect our family. A lot of that is emotional and serious and big. If it starts to feel nitty gritty, that's when I feel like I can back off a little bit and be like, well, you know, let's talk about this on Monday and we can sit down and take 20 minutes and, you know, the kids will be off napping or doing whatever they're doing and we can have like a real conversation about it rather than like, as we're going to sleep or when we're going on a date or something like that. But if it's something that feels like he needs my support and he needs to, me to be a sounding board for him, then, you know, we can talk about it forever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop that. I love that. I love that you both are able to make that distinction for, for yourselves. And Emily, you know, when Brent is coming to you as a husband, and, and Brent, now I think you're probably a little bit more aware of when you're coming to Emily, you're like, okay, can, I, can this wait until tomorrow morning? Do I really need to ask her about the blog post that went out? Or, you know, can we wait until Monday morning? So I love that you guys have figured out a system that works for you. I think that's brilliant. I think Brent, you got to look into some back pay there, brother. And Emily, this I love- This podcast is getting more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, Show. It's, it's, no, I don't know I'm if this is part kidding. of the agreement. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, Emily, Emily's going to give me a 10% cut, of course, after all of this is said and done. So we're all good. I, I, I want to I wanna piggyback off of that. So, I mean, obviously right now, it seems like you guys have it figured out in terms of how to treat the situation or different situations. I'm assuming it was an evolution. It wasn't always that way. Like how... What were maybe, talk to us maybe about some of the pitfalls that you ran into as you were trying to figure this out and kind of what advice would you give to others going through a similar situation? Do you want to answer that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it has evolved. I mean, obviously between the different types of, of relationship that it has been. So YouGurus, the company was founded in 2012. That was actually the same year we got married. So we got married. And then I sold my agency shortly thereafter. And then we founded this company. And I founded this company with another partner that was in the business with me. And then we actually had a couple of other silent partners that were kind of, you know, giving us some funding and some runway. I bought out two of those partners last 
year. The other part of it was involved kind of in the business with me. So that's changed the dynamic considerably because I used to have a partner to kind of go to and work with. And that's now not really happening. You know, it's, it's kind of like, well, is Emily a partner in the business? Well, I mean, we were already married when the business was founded. So in terms of like all of, you know, my ownership on paper is half hers, right? So in a, in a way, while it's not like she's not uh, in the articles of incorporation, right? I mean, she does have, I think, uh, a lot at stake with our- It's a stakeholder. Exactly, right? Just just not with my other, other you know, partners, not like she's coming into the board meetings, but before the board meeting and after the board meeting, right? We're having a lot of, a lot of discussions. I mean, I think probably one of the pitfalls that, that I am aware of is, you know, how easy it is to kind of bring the work stress into the house, you know, and I think that probably is true for any entrepreneur with a spouse, whether they're working with them or not. But there's a lot more layers when the spouse is also active in the business, especially when the spouse is not necessarily a managing partner or a, you know, VP or COO of the business, because I might bring, you know, I would never say the same things about what's going on in the business to like another team member that's maybe at the similar kind of comparable level. Right. And, and I think that's hard, right? Cause like at one, one minute I might be like venting as spouse. And then the, ne- the next day we might be on a team meeting where, you know, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm bringing, you know, I, I want to bring a lot of confidence and clarity and focus to our team and, you know, at the same time, Emily, you know, might be aware of some other things that are going on outside of the scope of our normal day-to-day operations. And, and you know, last three months with, uh, you know, COVID and the economy and all this kind of stuff, I mean, that's become even more apparent. So I think that's a, that's a challenge. I don't know if I have good advice uh, on how to solve that part, particularly a challenge, but I think just trying to be aware of how much, you know, work or business stress you kind of bring into the off the field type of stuff. And trying to create some space in the business to deal with that stuff versus the dinner table or, you know, winding down in the evening, right? Like really unloading a lot of that business stress. I think in general, it's been better for our relationship to not do that or to talk about other stuff, you know, talk about our dreams and our vision on on date nights or what have you versus, you know, here's all this stuff that's going wrong and it's stressing me out. I think it helps that you have, a close friend that you can confide in and look for advice that is also an entrepreneur that you can go to that isn't your wife and isn't at all related to your business for support. So that's, yeah, it's one thing I I have been involved in a handful of mastermind groups and kind of entrepreneurial support groups that has, I think probably taken some of that weight off. And and I do, I have kind of a standing meeting once a month with, uh, with a friend of mine from EO that, it's about, we, we hang out for about three hours. Historically, it's been in person. We do go downtown and have a breakfast and uh, we kind of have a structure for our time together. And so that's been good for me to go and, and share kind of that top and bottom 5%. Maybe the stuff that even I'm not sure if I want to tell Emily about yet or not. You know, I mean, it's kind of that space to like have a little bit of an opportunity to like put that out there in a confidential space and then get perspective and then maybe bring it into the family in a, in a more like constructive constructive or constructive way yeah that is a brilliant nugget that i want to drive home for our listeners 
so often, and, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I, I think we've talked to a few other uh, of our guests and they've kind of resonated with this. It's, it's very hard after a certain point, like when you're married, when you have kids to meet new people. And I think it, you know, with kids, it's sometimes a little easier because they make friends and then you kind of get friends with the parents, you know, so that's, that's one avenue to, to meet, meet new connections and make new friends. But I think it, it's hard when you're an entrepreneur to make new friends. And then it's even harder when your business partner or, or your, your spouse is also your business partner works for you. It's, it, it's hard because, you know, you don't have the type of people that can be a sounding board to you or that can understand or that can commiserate or that can add value to, to, to a big part of your life. And so Brent, the fact that you have a, a good friend that you can turn to, that you can confide in, you, you have a standing meeting once a month, I think that's brilliant. I think that that is a, a, a key um, piece of advice that I want our listeners to take away is that, you know, oftentimes we think that we need to have a business advisor, you know, pay, pay for somebody to be an advisor, which is one avenue to pursue. It's not that I'm not, I'm certainly not poo-pooing that idea, uh, but it can be expensive. It may not be feasible and you may not get the kind of perspective that you're looking for, but to have a friend, to be fortunate enough that you have a friend that's not only a friend, but also somebody who's a, an entrepreneur, I think that's a really brilliant and beautiful sort of way to to get those things off your chest, to talk to somebody, to get perspective, to share things that you may not be ready to share with Emily, to kind of flesh ideas out. Oftentimes Mike comes to me and he's just bombarding me with idea after idea. And I'm like, dude, I can't take any more ideas. I, I need a break from your ideas. And, and yeah. Emily, I think you kind of feel that same way. And, and I'm, Definitely. you know, and, and Mike and I are, are business partners in, in Proofpoint and we're doing this podcast together and we have other ideas. And I'm just like, I can't take it. You, you need to like write this down in a journal and we'll come back to it. And, and so I, I have think a really that, big journal. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just want to commend you, Brett, for, for recognizing for yourself, for your business, for your marriage to Emily, for your own sanity, that you have found a way to make that all work, to have somebody out there for you that's that's a friend, that's a business entrepreneur. So I want all our, our listeners out there to take that away as a really actionable step that they can hopefully pursue. And again, I want to commend you for that. And, and I think that Emily is also very grateful that you have that time away with, with somebody that can be that sounding board for you. Very much. Well, that was an amazing conversation. Don't forget to check out part two, which goes live this Thursday. Brent and Emily will be talking about how they were able to balance Emily's jewelry business, two young children, and of course their marriage, all while growing you gurus toward their mission of helping 10,000 agency owners achieve freedom in their business and life. Well, that was a fascinating conversation. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas, and using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing 
and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.